Okay, so let's uh, uh, go through a recent Shaila that I got. Uh, this one is a, a little bit of a funny Shaila, but, uh, but it's uh, under very unfunny circumstances. Um, I have a friend who is a OUJLIC rabbi. You're familiar with uh, JLIC? The OU puts rabbis on college campuses and they uh, do Kirov and they connect with the students and things like that. So unfortunately, this friend of mine recently uh, lost his daughter. His daughter passed away. She was four years old and uh, obviously very uh, sad and very tragic. Uh, and her shloshim is coming up. So he said he had two questions uh, that came up when it came to the, uh, to the shloshim. So his first question was a pretty standard question. If Liman Vishnai is split up among many people for a shloshim, do you have to confirm that all the individuals, uh, that all the Mishnais were learned before, you know, before making a siyum? Okay, I'm not going to get into that question. The other question was, uh, if a non-Jew who is in the process of gerus committed to learn some of the Mishnayos, can their limud be considered part of the siyum? Meaning, sometimes you have as uh, you know a student who's in the process. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're starting the process of gerus, but they're not yet Jewish. So does their learning count toward the siyum? Now, it's less of a shayla when it comes to just making a happy, you know, not a happy siyum, but making a siyum to, uh, to mark the uh, eshloshim um, because, okay, you know, someone learned something, so you can make a siyum. You always have reason to... Uh, uh, I guess, uh, celebrate the learning of Torah and use learning of Torah as an Elias and Shama, where does it become more of a shaila? It becomes nine, a win- days. nine days, right? Meaning whenever you need the seum to be matir something, that there's something that otherwise would have been asr, and now you can use the seum to be matir something, like uh, Bukhar eating on Erev Pesach, or like the nine day eating meat during the nine days. So then the question is, okay, what if a guy learns uh, and uh, the person is not is, is not Jewish, halachically definitely not Jewish, but uh, they're learning um, for the sake of gerus. They're learning a lot. They're uh, you know we certainly encourage people in advance of converting to have some sense of Talmud Torah and to get uh, an idea of uh, of learning. Does that does that learning count toward a siyum that's enough of a celebration that would warrant uh, eating meat during the nine days? So uh, any thoughts? Is there anything we can compare this shaila to? Like is there anything that comes up more commonly maybe than non-Jews learning that maybe we could compare this to? Is it mutter for this person to learn? Ah, so the question we're going to have to figure out is, is it mutter for this person to learn, right? Meaning if, if they did an iser, it's hard to imagine that we can celebrate an Avera that was done uh, with a seum that will then allow us to eat meat during the nine days, right? Maybe that's like a little bit difficult to imagine such a thing. So the first thing we're going to have to figure out, is it mutter for this person to learn? Then we're going to have to figure out, um, even if it's mutter, is it Talmud Torah? I mean, is it a, is it a mitzvah of Talmud Torah? And why why is it that a siyum allows you to eat during the nine days? Is it that one fulfilled the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, or is it just the very accomplishment of Torah being learned, regardless of whether it's a mitzvah or not, is enough to uh, to make a siyum? So, w- what would answer that question? Is there anyone else where their learning is an accomplishment, but it's not a mitzvah of Talmud Torah? Is there any other category of people other than a Nachri. A katan, good example. Any other category of people? I'll give you a hint, 50% of humanity? Yeah, a woman, right? Meaning if a, if a woman learns Torah during the, the you know, makes a siyum during the nine days, would that warrant, uh, would that be enough to allow us to eat meat during the nine days when a woman makes a, makes a siyum? So uh, it's, it's one of those interesting shaylas that, um, let's go to the woman thing first, and then we'll move on to, uh, to katan and to a ger, 
ultimately. It's one of those interesting shailas when it comes to a woman making a siyum, because very few people, very few poskim have tshuvas on it, very few poskim have written about this. Why have very few poskim written about this? So, uh, I don't know. What? Sort topic. Sort topic, right? I mean, by, by many of the postcards, it's not, it wasn't even thinkable. It wasn't even something that uh, that would ever be. I mean, what's a woman making a siyum on? The, the Salmat Torah was not a thing. Or if a woman was, they wouldn't even have a hava amina that it would be. Uh, that it would be. But there is one chuba that I'm aware of on this topic, and that always raises a fascinating question. When the majority of people are silent on something, and there's one gadol that writes about it, so do we say, oh, okay, that, that, that gadol is the only one that spoke, and therefore he has the only vote, and, and he wins. Or do you say, no, the reason no one else wrote about it is because they all disagree. And therefore, you know, that gadol is a das yachid. You know, this, this comes up a lot of times in, in other contexts. You know, it comes up, I'll give you my, my favorite example of this. There is a halacha that there are three averis in the Torah that are yaharig val yavar. You have to give people life rather than violate these three averis. So those are uh, all, you know, um, enumerated in uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Sachem, that Avod Zarek Yilerai Shvichas Damim, right? Yet, there's a Gemara Mesech Sota Daf Yud, where the Gemara Mesech Sota tells us that um, Tamar uh, was a great tzadekes, uh, and we learn from Tamar that that it's better to throw yourself into a fiery furnace and die that way, which is an excruciating death to be burned at, to be burned alive. Better to do that than to embarrass someone publicly. How do I know that? Me Tamar, because we learned it from Tamar that Tamar had the opportunity to uh, reveal that the guy that impregnated her was none other than Yehuda, and that would have saved her life. But instead, she said, whoever owns this stuff is the guy that impregnated me. And if Yehuda chooses not to fess up to it and not to come forward and say, yeah, that was me, then Tamar was going to be killed. And she was ready to be killed rather than embarrass Yehuda. Let Yehuda decide if he wants to embarrass himself. I'm not going to embarrass him. Right? So the, the Gemara says, ah, so you see, better to have yourself thrown to a furnace than to embarrass somebody publicly. So Tulsa's on the spot, raises the question, well, wait a second, doesn't that tell you, therefore... That embarrassing someone publicly is also Yaharik Valyavar, right? Meaning the Gemara in Sanhedrin said that there are three Yaharik Valyavars. Now it seems that there are four Yaharik Valyavars. Because apparently embarrassing someone publicly is Yaharik Valyavar. So what's the answer? What would be the simplest answer to that question? It said better. It didn't say it's a must. Yeah, it didn't say it's a chiyuv. It's not Gadata Gemara. It's not, you know. When the Gemara in Sanhedrin was talking, he was talking to Halacha, what you have to do. This is Noachlo. Noachlo means that it's a Musr, it's an idea, it's a concept. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a Halacha. But Tosos in Sotah Davyod asks the question and says, Oh no, it, it actually is Yaharik Val Yavar. And uh, the reason that it, um, that it doesn't get listed with the other three is that the, when the Gemara in Sanhedrin lists the three Yaharik Val Yavars, it's only listing that which is Mefurash Bukra that which is explicit in the Pasuk. But there's no explicit Pasuk in the Torah that says, Lo Yablin Pnei Chavero. So since there's no explicit Pasuk in the Torah, it just doesn't get listed. But for sure it is. It's on the, you know, for sure it belongs. It's really Yahari Val Yavar. That's what, what Tosa says. The, the only other Maramakam on the topic is the Rabbeinu Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah in Shari Tshuva says, yeah, it's for sure Yahari Val Yavar. And it is on the list. Because the list includes Shvichas Damim. And when you embarrass someone publicly, that's like Shvichas Damim. Uh, because the blood drains from their face and they turn colors, so that's like Shmichas Damin. So uh, Tosas and Rabbeinu Yonah are the only two Rishonim, and there may be some other uh, Maramakomos, but the only two major Rishonim 
that talk about this topic. And they both say that embarrassing someone is Yarag Val Yavar. So the question becomes, how do you view that, right? Meaning, do you say that, well, none of the other Rishonim spoke about it. The Rabbin doesn't talk about it. The Rosh doesn't talk about it. None of the other Rishonim talk about it. So do you assume, yeah, because obviously it's not Yahari Val Yavar. You know, and when the other Rishonim talk about Yahari Val Yavar, they only listen to three in Sanhedrin. So the fact that they don't talk about it means that it's because it's obvious. It's not Yahari Val Yavar. Or do you say, no, the other Rishonim didn't talk about it, so they don't get a vote. They, they you know, they, they remain silent, so uh, they don't get to weigh in on this situation. And the only Rishonim that we pay attention to are the ones that actually weighed in on the situation. Right, so how do you view that? So that's uh, you know a discussion in the uh, the postkim. So you have like such a similar thing over here. None of the postkim talk about whether a woman who makes a siyum um, is uh, enough to be matter meter in the nine days, except for one. So who is the uh, the postek in uh, the last generation that spoke about this? Someone by the name of Rabbi Warman, Zechariah Levracha. Have you ever heard of Rabbi Warman? No one went to Hank here, obviously. Oh, you want to take it? And you never heard of Rabbi Warman? What? Wow, okay, so uh, that's... What? He was, um, he was the Rosh Yeshiva, officially, of Hank, for decades and decades and decades. He was a huge Talmud Chacham, huge Talmud Chacham. He was a Talmud of, like, all the Gedolei Torah from the middle part of the 20th century. Uh, Rav Lezer Silver was his Rebbe Mufak, um, and, I mean, I don't know how it came to be that he spent his entire career you know, teaching in Hank, meaning he was on a, nothing against Hank, obviously, but I speak in Hank every year. He was, he was on a madrega of, that you'd expect him to be a Rosh Yeshiva of like a post-high school Yeshiva, let's call it. You know, you'd, you'd expect, he was pumping out Svarim that are unbelievable, like almost unmatched, the, the quality of his Svarim. And uh, so he wrote a tshuva on the topic. In fact, someone told me, um, uh, there's a uh, wonderful uh, the chairman of the computer science department at Hebrew University named Judah Diamond went to Hank and uh, he, uh, he was very close to Rav Warman happens to be last night in camp Rabbi Moshe Bamberger was here from Lander College Rabbi Moshe Bamberger was also very close with Rabbi Warman he was masked Rabbi Warman actually at his uh, Levaya but anyway so, so Judah Diamond told me that, he, he, uh, that when Rav Schechter came out with Eretz HaTzvi Rabbi Warman got his copy of Eretz HaTzvi and I forgot the exact amount of time he said. It was like a day or two later that Rabbi Warman handed him like this like 10-page letter. Can you hand this to Rav Shechter? He had gone through the entire Sefer Eretz HaTzvi and wrote Ha'aros and comments on the, on the entire thing in a matter of days. Now, I don't know if you ever tried learning Eretz HaTzvi. It's not like easy. You have to really be holding. He doesn't like spell everything out for you in the easiest. You have to really be holding in a lot of the sugyas to even understand what he's referring to. Um, and, and he, you know, he learned the entire Sefer in a matter of a couple of days. So, uh, so anyway, so Ray Warman wrote a tshuva on this topic. It's a 10-page tshuva. About eight of the pages are just about women learning Torah and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, chiv, rishos, mitzvah, you know, iser, whatever. And he goes through that sugya. And then since he comes out with the conclusion that it's a really good thing for women to learn Torah, even though it may not be the formal mitzvah of Talmud Torah that men have, but he comes out to that conclusion 
that it's a really good thing for a woman to learn Torah. So therefore, when a woman makes seem during the nine days, he said, look, if she's making a seem in front of a whole group of strange men, that maybe is not so tsunua. But to her family, or for other women, or you know, something like that. So that's uh, nothing, no breach of tsunius there. And therefore, he thinks it's enough to be matter eating meat during the nine days. That's uh, the, the very abridged version of his ten-page tshuva on the, uh, on the topic. But you got to go read the tshuva because, uh, you know, obviously you're missing a lot. But since he comes out with the idea that it's a mitzvah for them to learn, so if it's a mitzvah for a woman to learn, Mela, when she makes a seem, it's a celebration. That itself is a chiddush. All of it is a chiddush. It's a chiddush to say that it's a mitzvah for women to learn Tarsh Balpeh, Tarsh Balpeh, to learn Mishayi's Kamar or whatever, to finish a Masechta. That's chiddush number one. And chiddush number two, by virtue of the fact that it's a positive thing, that means that you can eat meat on account of that seum. That's a chiddush, because I might have thought that, no, when the seum celebrates the chiyuv of Talmud Torah, only men have an actual formal chiyuv of Talmud Torah. So I would think that's when the seum would be matur eating meat. But if it's just celebrating some other accomplishment that happens to be a good thing and a mitzvah, but it's not the formal chiv of Talmud Torah, maybe I would have thought that that's not enough reason to, uh, to eat meat during the nine days. So those are the two chidushim, but he holds all these chidushim, and he's serious about it, right? So I remember when we asked, um, we asked Rav Shechter, uh, if a woman makes a siyum, can you eat meat based on that siyum? So Rav Shechter said, yeah, Rav Warman wrote a tshuva on it, like, uh, like right away. Rav Warman wrote a tshuva on it, of course. And uh, we were in the OU office, someone asked Rav Shechter that question. He said, yeah, of course, Rav Warman wrote a tshuva. And then that summer, we, that was in June. And then in like July, uh, we were here in Kaili, and we went to visit Morish HaKol, we went to visit Rav Willig. So we had a Q&A with Rav Willig, and one of the guys asked Rav Willig, one of the guys in Masmidim asked Rav Willig, if a woman makes a siyum, can you? And he said, yeah, Rav Warman wrote a tshuva on it, meaning uh, they, apparently among, among uh, the poskim, they're, they're aware that, uh, that Rav Warman wrote this, uh, wrote this tshuva. So, yeah. It seems that they go by that no one else disagrees, meaning like, if, like we hold by yeah, Rav Warman, or, assuming that Or no they agree with his initial assessment, meaning um, there are definitely poskim that speak about women learning Torah in general and do not have the same attitude as Rav Warman about women learning Torah. So if you don't even have level one, mistama, they wouldn't then agree to Chiddush number two. You don't have uh, even Chiddush number one to begin with. So they don't speak about it directly because they never get to that point. Like even never, you never, so, but Rav Shachan and Rav Willig do get to that point. Yeah. When we say baby Kisim, that's saying during the nine days to matir? Or yeah. Just, yeah, 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 to be matir eating meat, yeah. Um, so, okay, so, but, but that's for a woman, is the same. By a katan, you have even more reason to uh, to suggest that uh, the seum of a katan would count for eating meat. Why even more reason than a woman? Yeah, meaning The actual mitzvah of Talmud Torah is not even described as a mitzvah of learning Torah in the Chumash, right? It's It's all about teaching children Torah. So you obviously can't teach children Torah until you know the Torah yourself. But but like. It, Teaching children Torah is where it's at. Meaning that's like the the the, the whole idea of Talmud Torah is to pass on our Masorah to the next generation. So uh, and the child one day will be chayv in Talmud Torah. So there's definitely a din of chinuch and a mitzvah d'oraisa to teach him Torah. So to celebrate a child's Torah accomplishments would seem to be even easier to uh, to suggest that that would be matir eating meat during the days. My kids used to do that when we before their bar mitzvahs. I used to learn mishnayos with all my kids. Um, some more successfully than others, but we all uh, we, we we learned with uh, with we gave it a shot with everybody. 
Um, they made a seum at the bar mitzvahs. Uh, so so uh, so um, when uh, when we did that, so oftentimes we would finish something during the nine days, not like planning on it. Just we would happen to finish because we were learning at a pretty rapid pace. So it happened that we finished a seder during the nine days. So we'd have a barbecue with just the family, and one of the kids would make a seum at the barbecue. Happens to be I learned it also, so it wasn't you know like there was really no shaila at all. But uh, I didn't think that was a problem. Now, uh, that brings us to Gayim. So a guy is a bigger Kiddush, right? Because a guy, it's not just that, uh, you know, that uh, it's, it's, it's not Metsuva in Talmud Torah. It's more than that, right? What is it about a guy? It's not just that he's not Metsuva in Talmud Torah. Yeah, the Gemara Masech Sanhedrin tells us, Om Rabbi Yochanan, that Akum Sha'osek Petorah Chayv Misa. That a guy who learns Torah is Chayv Misa. It doesn't say that about a woman. Right in Masechasota, even the passage of the Gemara that seems to one seems to very clearly uh, discourages um, teaching women Torah. Um, we, the, the question becomes, you know, which parts of Torah and does that still apply nowadays? Isn't that? But it is pretty clear in the passage in the Gemara that discourages women from learning at least some segments of Torah. It says, pita Torah kilulim that when you teach your daughter Torah, it's as if you're teaching her immorality or something like that or uh, some uh, conniving way of thinking uh, you know something like, like like that it doesn't say chayef misa right it doesn't even say usr you know it just says you know that uh, that that it's it's not all good it's not it's, it could be a bad thing akum shows the is chayef misa so the Gemara says, wait a second, how could you say such a thing? Didn't Rameir teach us that Akam Shasak Petora Harehu Kikoin Gadol? That when a guy learns Torah, if he's a Tamil Chacham, he becomes like the Kohen Gadol, you machabit him like you'd be machabit a Kohen Gadol? So how you answer that question is going to be, you know, is, is going to do a lot of heavy lifting in our discussion over here, right? Because if you're Akam Shalom Torah Kikoin Gadol kind of emphasis, so then maybe Hasiyum would be enough to eat meat during the nine days. But if you're an Akum Shalom Chayiv Misa kind of person, so then uh, you're not going to be celebrating Hasiyum. You'll be lamenting the day that he made Hasiyum. Right? So what does the Gemara answer? Hasam B'Sheva Mitzvah Shinitztavu B'nei Noach. That if you learn Torah relating to the Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noach, then he's Kekoyim Gadol. Um, so if he makes Hasiyum Mishnayis, is that in the Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noach? What are the Shev Mitzvahs B'nei Noach? We've got to know what they are, right? So there's the uh, big three, and then Aleph Beis Gimel Dalit, right? That's the mnemonic to remember, right? The big three are the ones we mentioned before, Vodzar, Gilar, Ashur, Zadim. So there's a, there is a Mesech to right? So maybe learning about Avodazar, the Shev Mitzvahs B'nei Noach. There's no Mesech as Gilar, there's no Mesech as Shvich but there are Mesech that deal with Gilar, and Shvich So maybe if you learn Yavamas, it's all about Gilar, but then when you go through the Alpha Bays Gimadala, the other Ev Menachai. And what else? What else? Tav Dayanim. Nakib Ravim, no. So you do have you do have other things. Gezel. which one did I miss? What was the base? What was the base? What? Um Menachai, Gezel, Dinim. What? No, not Pasvachal, not Chayim Pasvachal. Basin? Not like a basin, like a core. It's core. Dinim, it's Dinim. It's Dinim. Right? Okay, so we've got to figure it out. So, but anyway, there are Mesechtas that deal with that deal with Dinim. Which Mesechtas deal with Dinim? I don't know, Sanhedrin, Pabakam, Pabamtziya, Pabasha. I mean, there are the Mesechtas that deal with Dinim Amnes. 
all over the place. So you have all of these. Uh, the, the, there's there's a lot that relates to Shemitah So maybe he has a din like a uh, like a coin gadol. Um, the Rashi writes, what does it mean that that they want to be experts in the details of the Sheva Mitzvot the Gemara Masech's Chagiga however says you're not allowed to give over Divrei Torah to non-Jews because the Pasuk says so Tulsa says, of course they're not allowed to teach Torah to non-Jews. If a guy who learns Torah is Chayiv Misa, like the Gemara Sanhedrin says, so of course you're not allowed to teach him something that he's not allowed to do. Why? What is it would that be if you teach him something he's not allowed to do? Lifneiver. Right? So Tulsa raises that question. Isn't it Lifneiver? Why do we need a Pasuk to tell me, Magadvar of Yaakov, you're not allowed to teach Torah to non-Jews? So uh, it's an Isra of Lifneiver anyway. Um, so Tulsa's answers that the Isser is needed if, if you have a guy who's not asking you to teach him. Um, he has another Nachri that <coughs> is willing to teach him. So then you won't violate Lifneiver, but it's still a violation to... Uh, meaning, let, let's say he is asking you to teach him, but he has the ability to learn from the guy. He has the ability to learn from somebody else. So it's not Lifneiver, because he could have learned from an, a non-Jew. Maybe it's Messiah, no? Ah, okay, but Messiah Mitzrabanu doesn't apply to a guy. Only Lifneiver applies to a guy, right? So, uh, so Tulsa says that uh, then it's not Lifneiver anymore, but it would still be a violation of being Moser Devrei Torah uh, to 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 a guy. Um, the uh, so that's that's what that, that's what uh, what Tulsa says now. So where are we right now? And, 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 and the Rambam writes in the Tshuva that a Nachri that's Osik Betorah is Chayiv Misa and it's a Halacha Beli Safik. Fascinatingly, the Rambam, for whatever reason, does not mention that anywhere in the Yad HaChazaka, nor does it appear in Shulchan Aruch that a guy is not allowed to learn Torah and that he's Chayv Misa for learning Torah. But the Rambam does write it in the Tshuva, that a guy who learns Torah is Chayv Misa. So the question is, okay, but is that always true, that a guy who learns Torah is Chayv Misa? So again, we already put a, 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 a major exception in place, and that major exception is if he's learning things that relate to Shev Mitzvah the question becomes how broadly you want to define that category, because you might want to define that category to include all of Seder Nezikin, right, and half of Seder Nashim. But it's, you know, that seems like a very broad definition of, uh, of Dinim and of the details of Shev Mitzvah B'nai Noah. Is there another exception? So the other exception might be if he's coming to be Megayah. So when a guy is being Megayah, there's no issue of teaching Torah, you would think, because he, you have to. The day he becomes Jewish... He's going to have to be Shomer Shabbos, Shomer Kashrut. He's going to have to observe everything. It's not possible to expect him to observe everything if he never learned anything. Right? It's not possible. So the day he becomes Jewish, he's going to have to, going to, have to know enough to be a functional Orthodox Jew. So we always teach them Torah in advance. So obviously that's going to be mutter. This happens sometimes. I remember I once had a, a friend of mine many, many years ago. It was a madrich on NCSY Kolo. And uh, the day before the summer... They told him, oh, by the way, one of the guys in your... Ch- no, they didn't tell him. Not the day before the summer. I remember the story now. He went to the Dalsam, became really close with a particular public school kid that was in his Chabura from Texas. He was, like, very close with the kid. The kid put on a black hat during the summer. Like, he was, like, really... Uh, Texas, they wear hats, you know? Okay. So he was... Uh, he became very, very close with this kid. And the kid... And they had a Chavrusa every week on the phone after the summer was over. And then in, like, January, the kid's, like... The kid said to him, uh, I think this is our last time learning. He said, why? What's up? He said, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I decided I'm not going to be Jewish. And he said, no, you can't not be Jewish. You're, 
you're, you're a Jew, you can't just not be Jewish. He said, no, they didn't tell you. I'm not a Jew. My dad's a Jew. I'm not Jewish. And it turned out that uh, his, they had asked the Shaila, I think of Shafter Paskin, that he was interested in Kiryas. His dad was Jewish. And he fell into NCSY in, uh, in, in Texas. And he was very, very interested. And in order to get him acclimated to the Jewish community, they sent him an NCSY cola. And, uh, but he hadn't finalized any gerus yet, and he had decided, you know, halfway through the following year that he wasn't going to be Jewish. So, uh, but, it, you know, a person who, who expresses interest, you have to do that. You have to send him to a place where he can learn and he can... So where do we get that from? Where do we get that? Meaning, if it's an iser to do, so what do, you mean, what do I mean? You have to. You've got to figure something out, but how can you do an iser? So you've got to have a maramakum that tells you that you're allowed to. So the maramakum is one of the most famous gemaras in Shas. Uh, it's probably on Rabbi Rosner's uh, list of, uh, you know, Rabbi Rosner has, uh, and he does Chinuch routines, he does famous Gemaras, right? he's been doing that for years. Um, remember, he has routines here once? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so the Gemara says in Shabbos, Lamed Aleph, there was a story of a particular guy, Shaya Over Achori Besamedrish, he was walking behind the Besamedrish, Vishamasofer Shaya Omer, and you heard someone saying, They were teaching the Parsha of the Big Day Kuna Gedola. Amar, hello, Lumi. And he said, Whoa, that sounds so cool. You get to get dressed up in like such nice clothing with all sorts of gems and diamonds on it. Who gets to wear that? Like, do you, do you have to like have a platinum record in order to be able to have such, you know, like, like what, do you, what do you get? What do you have to do to get that? So I'm alone, the coin Gadol. He said, no, the coin Gadol, coin Gadol gets that. So I'm also not ribats. He said, I'm going to go and become a Jew because I want to be the coin Gadol one day. So Balafne Shammai went to Shammai and Shammai wasn't so receptive to him. And then he went to Hillel. Gaire and Hillel was Megayerin. So Hillel said, look, you want to be the coin Gadol, but you got to learn a little bit first about... Uh, you know about what it is to be uh, to be a person of such authority. So halach v'kara kiven shegiya v'azara la'azara kari v'yumas. He got to the pasuk of azara kari v'yumas. So amalei mikrozal minemar. He says, who's the czar that we're talking about that's not allowed to be a kohen? So and get and is chayiv misa for acting like a kohen. Amalei afilu al David Melech Yisrael. It could be the most chashvah person. It could be David Melech Yisrael, but he's not a kohen. And if he goes and does the avodah, he's chayiv misa. So the Gare said, Ooh, I'm I'm not even, you know, born Jewish, let alone David Melech Israel, so I'm gonna be Chayev Misa. And he realized that uh, that he's not he's never gonna serve as Kohen Gadol. So um, that's the story with Hillel, right? Why is that one of the most famous Gemara's in Shas? Because of the other thing that happened, right? Uh be Megayer me almanas, say you can teach me Kalatarukula al Regalachas, right? And you know, you believe the story. Shammai was dachol b'amas habinyan, and Hillel says, you know, madalachsni lechaver chalos savid, idach pirushas il gemara, whatever you don't like, don't do to someone else. Everything else is commentary, and he was megayer him. But the marshal there says, how could Hillel be makabel? This guy is a ger. Um, he was only being megayer so that he could become a kohen gadol. You're not allowed to be megayer someone who's doing who's doing it l'shem kavod. You're only allowed to be megayer someone who's doing it l'shem shemayim. So the marshal says, um, no, Hillel was not megayer him immediately. He learned with him first, and only after he learned with him was he Megayer him. So, what do you see from that, Marsha? 
You're allowed to learn. You're allowed to learn with the guy in order to be Megayer. That that's part of the what you can do to the way you're supposed to do. Hamzi Rebekivegra is a chuba where he disagrees with this marshat because Rebekivegra points out there's a tosis in Yevamus and Davchav David that uh, discusses this very Misa and asks this very question that he wasn't L'Shem Shemayim and Tosa says yeah he wasn't L'Shem Shemayim but Hillel knew that one day he would come around and become L'Shem Shemayim that implies that he was Megayar him before he taught him anything because you can't teach him anything you're not allowed to teach him anything so it seems like it's a Machlokas Marshal and Rebekivegra needless to say we pass like the Marshal I mean we clearly learn with the guy in advance so if he's doing something good and you want him to be learning, it's not a Jew who's learning Torah. The question is, is that enough to make a seum that would allow you to eat meat during the nine days? Right? So coming back to our questions, what would you think? Is it like a woman? Would you say that if a woman makes a seum, then... So we have to make a clear distinction between a woman and someone who's not yet Megayer. A woman has Kedushas Yisrael. Uh, a guy who is not yet Megayer does not yet have Kedushas Yisrael. Maybe he's not doing a bad thing, and maybe we even encourage this learning... But Talmud Torah from somebody that doesn't have Kedushas Yisrael, even if you accept Rav Warman's Tshuva, which again, our Rebbeim, uh, I can't speak for you, I don't know who your Rebbeim are, my Rebbeim accept Rav Warman's Tshuva, I don't know that they would go this next step and uh, say the same by a guy. I'm going to bring the Masmidim to Rav Asher Weiss on Sunday morning, and to Rav David Kohn on Monday morning, and to Rav Yisrael Reisman Monday afternoon, and to Rav Herschel Shachter on Monday later afternoon. So we have our Gedolim... Uh, our Gedolim trips planned for Sunday and Monday, so maybe this will be one of the questions that we put on our uh, on our list to ask our various uh, our various Gedolim, and uh, maybe I'll get back to you and let you know what they what they say. My inclination is that there's no way that you can eat meat based on the seum of a uh, nachri uh, during during the nine days. The Jew who learned with him, he also learned, so he can make a seum. But uh, and, and in general, as my son Yisrael said when uh, when I raised the Shaili, he said. Can you really make a seum on uh, a Shloshim or your site relying that anyone really learned what they were uh, supposed to learn? Which was this fellow's first question. You know, do you have to check? I always advise people, take one Seder that you're going to do yourself. So even though it's not a seum on Shisha Seder Mishnah because someone forgot or didn't do it or whatever, you know, you at least want to know that you're having some sort of seum. So take one Seder that you'll do, Mom, is just the, within the family itself that you, that you have confidence. You have confidence that, uh, that people are doing. But, uh, okay. Thank you very much for coming today, guys. And uh, next, tomorrow, I think, is Chidon or whatever. I don't know if yeah. we're going to be able to have Shir. So yeah, we'll I guess we'll pick up on Thursday. Right. Is saying like the same with Shem and like the Kaddish, is that like a factor in the is woman allowed to say it or not? Like in the Kedush of being the sign of the Sefer? Nah, the Kaddish is not as big a deal. Um, because you could do a seum without the Kaddish, you could do, meaning it's still a seum and a celebration of mystery even without the Kaddish. And a man could say the Kaddish as long as you have a minion there. Yeah. What about, what about saying?